Welcome to Now I See, a place where people share their eye-opening moments and how it changed the way they see themselves, their world, and their place in it. We hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by the stories you hear and challenged to see things in a whole new way, too. Sit back and enjoy this show that we've prepared especially with you in mind. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. Today's guest is Megan Hasbrook. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. Megan is the current program coordinator at Isaiah 117 House of Dallas County, a place that provides shelter and care for children who have been removed from their homes and are waiting for foster placement. Prior to that, she was an instructional media specialist in Grand Prairie ISD. Clearly, she cares a lot about children. She's married and they have two dogs, one's a puppy. So it's raining cats and dogs today, and after three months of drought, I'm pretty happy about it. But she's not nearly as thrilled as I am since her house flooded this morning. Despite that, she's made time for this interview today because the topic is just that important. Megan, I see you as a doer with lots of passion, commitment, energy, and creativity. You don't back down from a challenge. You clearly love people, and you'll do whatever it takes to help them. How do you see yourself? I see myself as determined. Um, I'm determined to get things done, no matter what that takes. I um, don't easily back down from a challenge. I see this. (laughs) And um, I challenge myself to do more and to do better every single day. Um, I would also see myself as loyal. Um, I have lifelong family friends. Um, So I also see myself as loyal. Um, I am loyal to my family. I'm loyal to my friends, um, to my church, um, and to people that are important to me. I love that. Where do you think loyalty was formed in you? I have been blessed with a wonderful family um, on both sides. I have great parents. I have great grandparents, cousins, aunts, and uncles. So I feel like that was instilled in me um, through birth, um, and I was just born with those qualities and traits. Loyalty will also come in conjunction with somebody who's not afraid to take on challenges and will fight doggedly to protect the ones it loves. So I see that's really strong in you, too. Hmm. Do you see those things as related? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Were you an athletic? Um, not so much. Really? Because I was going to say, you kind of have that competitive, you know, that strength, that um, well, energy that happens in athletics often. Our family can't play games much anymore um, because everyone is so competitive. <laughs> so, so there's that. So there's that. Um, I did play a few sports in high school, um, but that fizzled, fizzled out the first couple of years. But with games, get us around a table with a card game, then... Um, you'll definitely see my competitive nature come out for sure. <laughs> well, that certainly has served you well. I think I kind of probably learned that over family games too. That just I have so many happy memories, like, just smiling hearing you say that yeah. um, because I know those are fun times for me as well. Yeah. Um, so um, who who noticed that in you? Who encouraged those things in you? That loyalty and that um, that fierce, um, creative warrior woman response to a challenge um I'm not sure if anyone necessarily noticed it or pointed it out um I think I've just kind of always 
had that in me and I just pushed myself. Um, when I was in college, I received a letter from my dad um, after um, a student teaching um, note. Um, the teacher had given an evaluation and he um, read that evaluation and I wasn't aware of it. It was just left on the table and he wrote a note on the back just saying how proud um, he was of me. And um, I think m maybe that would be the first time, you know, that that was just written down. You know, I always felt that way um, through their love and support, but just to see it in writing um, from my dad was, was really sweet. But um, I don't know, I think it's just instilled, like it's just deep down in my bones and my core of who I am. So. You know, not everybody's wired like that. Were you the girl everybody came to with their problems looking for help? I don't know, honestly. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's possible. I think it depends. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if I've ever been asked that question. I've never thought about that before. So that's an interesting question. Well, you're in a position to do that now and to help people now. So yeah. you're involved in something very interesting. Yes. Tell me how you got involved. So um, I was watching a Facebook show, um, which I regularly watch. I'm not sure if you know this, but Facebook has its own TV shows similar to Netflix and Hulu. And I religiously watched this show called Returning the Favor. Um, and it's with Mike Rowe, the guy from Dirty Jobs. And he travels around um, and finds do-gooders, people who are just doing good around our country. And then he surprises them and then blesses them in the end. And so um, I was watching season three of that show and Isaiah 117 House was featured. And um, through that 30 minute episode, I cried the entire time. And I instantly knew that I needed to do something about it. Um, so I texted it to a friend of mine who is a foster parent. And I said, I don't know how or where or when, but we need to try and start something like this here. And that's how our story started about two years ago. So you're not in this on your own. You, you brought your friend in with you? Or? Yes. Yeah. Wow, so that's fun. Yeah. So we almost immediately, um, she hopped online on their website, Isaiah 117 House website, and they um, have a form that you could submit if you want to start a home in your area. And so we did that. And one of the first few things that we had to do was submit a video um, explaining or telling who we are and what we do and why an Isaiah 117 house would be needed in our area. And like I said before, that was done July two years ago. So this process was started over two years ago. And It'll be here before we know it now. I know. I'm so, so excited. So did you know somebody who had been a foster child or had, had you served them as your position in Grand Prairie Schools? Or what's your personal connection? Why, why did that move you? Um, so I personally don't feel, at least at this stage in my life, that foster care was for me. But I have several friends um, who are foster parents and... And I have family members who have adopted out of foster care. And so I always kind of had a, a close connection um, to that world. And um, I would say the past few years, 
got even closer. I became a respite provider um, for my friend who is a foster mom. And so I was involved with foster care, but I wasn't, you know, I was only about waist deep um, Mm -hmm. in foster care. Um, And like I said, when I when I saw that episode and I saw what removal day looks like through the eyes of a child, I just like I had to find I had to do something about it. Um, I would say for most of my adult life, I've kind of felt this tug that like I could be doing more and I should be doing more. Uh, I spent a month at an orphanage in Guatemala and thought, oh, well, maybe I'll go to Guatemala and teach there. Um, and that just wasn't the right fit. I would often like dream up things like after school type programs for kids who go home to empty houses. And, you know, I just, if I'm being completely honest, I backed away from those. Um, I don't know if they scared me or what, but this was something that I just had to do despite the fear that it brought and the uncertainty and the unknown um I just knew like we've got to do this well I love how you've arrived at this this place where you are so many of our previous guests got involved because they were um, victims of the very thing they're now overcoming but you come from a place of abundance. You had yeah. such a good family mm-hmm. life growing up and so many happy memories that you know what it should look like. And so you're making that happen for some kids who have not had any of it and have nothing to nothing good to compare. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I love that you're doing that. It's just so, so sweet. Well, tell us a little bit about the Isaiah House Project. Uh, when did it get started and, um, and what is its backstory? So Isaiah 117 House was started in um, 2017. Its first home opened in 2018 um, by a a woman named Rhonda Paulson. And um, she heard that children were sleeping in office floors. And she felt the Lord tell her that these are my children and what are you going to do about it? And um, she then received her first foster child and really knew um, what removal day was like for for a child. Um, And so after ignoring that initial calling from the Lord, she finally just said, okay, uh, let's do this. And so um, they got their first home and they had teenage youth groups and the fire department helped demo and um you know re- they had a contractor help with the remodel of the home and in 2018 the first Isaiah 117 house was opened and she'll tell anyone who asked that she thought yay god yay Carter County Tennessee like this is so cool and then shortly after the surrounding counties started reaching out and wanting to start one there. And then a guy named Mike Rowe tricked her and did this show on Facebook. And now currently we have over 30 expansions in eight different states. And we are hoping to be the first Isaiah 117 house in the state of Texas. 
Wow, so exciting. And you started in a really big populated area. So, you know, no starting small for you. You just jumped right in. Jumped right in, for sure. Wow, so you just had a groundbreaking. Yes. Tell us about that. So we just had our groundbreaking. Um, Construction will be um, starting really soon. Um, First Baptist Church in Grand Prairie actually um, donated us the piece of property that the home will be on. Um, And that in and of itself is just a God story. Um, They had been deeded the land, I believe, in 1982, I think, 86, something like that. Um, And at the time, the property was landlocked. And so they just paid taxes on it year after year. And at one point, the pastor even tried to give the land away to someone, but no one wanted it because it was landlocked. It was essentially worthless. Um, little did we know, which we do now, um, that, you know, God was just saving that piece of property for us. And so um, within the past year or so, they noticed the taxes had gone up just a little bit. And so a group of people from the church drove out and lo and behold, there were three brand new homes being built right next door to where our property is. And there's a road it's 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 a viable land you can build a home and so um they offered it to us and we more than happily accepted that piece of property so it was a total god thing for sure he knew exactly what that piece of land was for wow and when to release it exactly exciting yeah exciting so the groundbreaking was august 8th what'd you guys do with that just celebrate so we invited um obviously our supporters and um our city officials who were helping us and the builder and the the architect and, and all of that um and we just blessed the land and we actually invited everyone to spread out around around the perimeter um and to break this land with us because if it wasn't for our community um this home would not be a possibility and so we wanted to make sure that they felt included and it's because of them that we were there that day and that we are here where we are today and so um, everyone was able to dig a little bit of dirt um, to celebrate this exciting time with us well i love that it starts with community because you're going to need community all through the process Mm -hmm. to raise funds to volunteer to help and i love this house is in an area where there are other homes that these kids will have kids to play with and it'll feel like home and so wow what an exciting thing Listeners, we're going to take a break in just a moment, and when we come back, you'll hear more from today's guest, Megan Hosbrook. Megan has been talking about the importance of belonging and having a place to call home. We hope that you, our listeners, have that feeling when you think about the Now I See community. Whether it's people of international renown, like last week's guest, Russell Stendhal Jr., or friends like Nathan Olaumu of Kenya, Charles Kelly of Latvia and Ukraine, Bob and Debbie Long of the Philippines, or it's people doing great work right here in our own communities, like McKinley Edelman with Summit Kids, Bonnie Kelly with Salvation Army, or J.J. Orsack with the NeuroFit Foundation. We hope you're hearing stories each week that are entertaining, informative, and inspirational. 
Visit our Featured Causes page to find out more about these important organizations. Read our blogs to learn more about our previous guests, or pick up some great summer reads from authors like Misu Andrews, George Matthews, and next week's guest, Kim Vogel-Sawyer, whose works are being featured on our Authors page. There's lots to see, do, and hear on our website at nis.media, so come on over for a visit when you have the time. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter and drop us a line to let us know what you think of our show. And there's plenty of room for you at the virtual table of conversation on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter platforms at NowICPod. As always, please share this podcast with people you think would enjoy it. And if you haven't done so already, leave a great rating and review for people who are looking for a healthy dose of weekly encouragement, help, and hope. Oh, one more thing. This time last year, we talked with Angela Geisner and Stuart Matthews about their involvement with Lifeline Families. This year, they're hosting the annual Gospel Concert Fundraiser, benefiting Lifeline Shelters for Families, on Saturday, September 3rd at 7 p.m. at First Baptist Church of Grand Prairie in Grand Prairie, Texas. This event is always a lot of fun. So if you're in the Dallas area, mark your calendar and come on out. But for right now, Megan is standing by to tell us more about Isaiah 117 House. So let's not keep her or you waiting one more minute. We are back from our break now. Thanks, listeners, for uh, staying with us, because I know you're going to want to hear what we are going to be talking about next. So we've been talking about the development of the um, Isaiah 117 house here in Grand Prairie. Very excited about that. Let's talk a little bit about the name. Um, I took the liberty before we met of uh, writing down what the verse Isaiah 117 says. It says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Yeah, and um, the story of Isaiah 117 house is um, obviously comes from that verse in the Bible. Um, Rhonda and her family um, were reading through the book of Isaiah um, as a family. And the reason why they were reading through the book of Isaiah was because their very first foster child's name was Isaiah. Perfect. And so as a family, they would gather around and read through it. And when they got to, to um, chapter 1, verse 17, it just stuck out to them like they had never seen it before. And previously, if you read um, through Isaiah, um God's talking to his people and he's saying, you think that I want all these festivals and I want all these celebrations, um, but what I really, really want you to do is I want you to seek justice for the fatherless and the widows. And that's just become obviously the verse for Isaiah 117 house. I so appreciate uh, the 
the justice aspect of this. You know, some of these kids have endured so much in homes that have not been safe where they've been neglected or worse, abused. Um, and so to bring justice to that and to remove them and put them in a place where they're safe until their parents hopefully can um, make the changes necessary to take them back home or to at least allow the children to uh, some respite to heal, to be normal kids, mm -hmm. to play, to be in a healthy family situation. And so um, sometimes it feels very unjust to be to be taking a child from their family of origin, but sometimes that's the right thing to do. And I'm so glad there's a place now for kids who find themselves in that situation. So you've done some really fun things in anticipation of this. Before groundbreaking even happened, you had some really fun events. Uh, June 14th, you did Chicken and Pickle Give Back Night. Everybody's loving chicken and pickle and pickleball like oh my gosh so much fun um june 19th daddy jack's body art studio sponsored a fundraiser that generated fourteen thousand five hundred dollars that is an amazing amount but the artists there donated their time and supplies and this was a special uh, event for jack because he was in foster care as a child um so very very important to him to be able to support this cause and then you did a Lemonade Stand Challenge fundraiser mm. uh, in July, and uh, 15th and 16th. And you've got a personal connection to that story. I'd love for you to share with our listeners. So, And then we've got a big golf tournament coming up. But before we get to that, talk about some of the fun things that have led us to this point. Yeah, so um, Chicken and Pickle has been great. Um, uh, they are not only provide fun for our community, but they are also really big on giving back. And they heard about us and heard about our story and wanted to help. And so they did a give back night where 10% of their proceeds came directly to us. Um, they also did a green cup campaign where for two weeks they sold green cups um, that you can purchase and um, we will get the proceeds and the benefits of those cups. I would say the most unique um, fundraiser that we had was when Daddy Jacks reached out to us. Um, I got a phone call uh, one afternoon and this man said, hey, I own a tattoo parlor and we want to do a fundraiser to support you guys. And um, <laughs> It's just so different. It's, it's just, so different. I'm, I think it's safe to say that that was the first ever Isaiah 117 House tattoo fundraiser. Oh, let's but own that moment. It's ours. It was, it was incredible. And um, Jack himself came out of foster care and he very vividly remembers what removal day mm, was like. And so... Um, you know, his whole shop was so supportive, and they raised over fourteen thousand. That is huge. I mean, it's it was crazy. It was incredible. Um, and so, did you get a tattoo? I did not. Okay. No. They asked I, if I wanted one, well, and I sure. was like, I think I'm okay. But it was um, just really moving to see that, and oh, it yeah. reached a lot of people that we probably would would never have reached before. Um, and we're really big on awareness never stops so we're constantly telling our story and so to have an opportunity to share that with that group or that type mm -hmm. if you want to say mm -hmm. of people um, was really incredible mm -hmm. absolutely I yeah. love that you know it, it, as we were talking earlier it's going to take a community of all kinds of people mm -hmm. in all different backgrounds and understandings and connections to the foster care system to make this work and so that was really exciting and then the lemonade stand challenge yeah so we were able to participate in this past year's lemonade stand challenge in July um 
I have a personal connection to the lemonade stand. My niece, um, when I first started this journey with Isaiah 117 House, I was sharing information about what the home is um, with her, and she asked if she could get involved. And I said, absolutely, you know, of course you could get involved. And um, a few minutes later, she came up to me and said, well, what if I had a lemonade stand? And I, you know, gave my money from my lemonade stand. And lo and behold, that is one of the major fundraisers that we do every single year um, because it's important to get kids involved. And kids like helping other kids. Absolutely. Um, and so we love that we are able to, to involve children um, and, and let them help other children. And a lot of times they're, they're kids in their own classroom that sure. they're, they're helping and they don't even know that. So that's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that we do. I love that, too. And then you've got the golf tournament coming up. So that's a big thing. Tell us how people can get involved. We, again, um, also have our first um, golf tournament. And so there's lots of ways that people can get involved. Um, Obviously, you can play um, if you're a golfer. I, for one, am not. Um, But you can also donate and be a whole sponsor if business or organization wants to be a whole sponsor. Um, there's also opportunities to donate um, items or gifts for our giveaways and our prizes. Um, and we also would need volunteers to help the golf tournament be successful. So there's several ways and opportunities for people to get involved um, for our golf tournament. And it will be on September 23rd at Tangle Ridge in Grand Prairie. Um, so we'd love to have you if you're interested in joining us. Okay, well, we will have that information on our website. I know you've already got it on yours, and we'll also have that in our show notes so people can find that. So if um, people want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Um, I would say for the most up-to-date information, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, It's at Isaiah117HouseDallasCOTX, so Dallas County, Texas. Um, You can also feel free to email me at dallastx at isaiah117house.com. And those would be the best ways to reach out to us. Well, as we close out our show today, is there anything you'd like people to see more clearly as a result of our conversation? I hate the fact that an Isaiah 117 house is needed. Me too. Um, Bottom line is we need more foster parents. Um, that's the reason why Isaiah 117 House is needed. Um, but that's not for everyone. Foster care is not for everyone. And so um, Isaiah 117 House is a great way to get involved. Um, you can be a caregiver once we have an open home. But even if, if working with the children isn't for you, um, this home will need everything that a normal home will need plus more. So would you be willing to help us keep up the yard work and mow the yard for us? Or would you help be willing to help us organize our storage unit? Um, would you be willing to help do the laundry after a child leaves? And so there are countless ways where people can get involved um, monetarily, but also with just their, their time. Um, time, I think, speaks almost more than than money sometimes. And so um, there's endless opportunities and ways that people can get involved. Sweet. Um, are there lists um, that people can 
pickups. So to help with groceries or to help with clothing needs or bed linens, is there a place where we can get that kind of information? Yes. So we can provide that information. Um, Since our home is not quite open, um, we don't necessarily have a list of needs, but we're going to need everything. Um, All of our Red Door guests will leave um, with about two to three hundred dollars worth of brand new items. And we will serve children from birth to 17. So um, anything that a child would need for the first three days is what we're willing to provide. Um, Thankfully, our storage unit is already full. Um, Yay! It's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a constant thing that we'll always need. Um, And so, of course, when we get closer to, we'll have more specific things if we need specific sizes. But as of right now, we're still building that... Um, quote-unquote store, as you will, that will allow the kids to go and and shop for new items. Oh, I like that, that they get to pick out their own. Because it may be the first time that they're not wearing hand-me-downs or having to fend for themselves. So Mm -hmm. very, very sweet. Well, Megan, this has been so much fun for me, and it's such an important cause. I'm so glad that you took time in your busy day today to talk with me and our listeners, and we just wish you the best. Great success in the upcoming months and years that you'll be serving children in our community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And it's not just me. It's our entire community that is making this home a reality. So thank you. Thanks for giving the opportunity for us to be part of that, too. So appreciate that. Thank you. And listeners, we'll see you again next week. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's compelling story. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise and to Becky Salazar for our bumper music. See you next week.